Hi, everyone. Welcome to the latest episode of Dialogues on Applied Channel Theory. I'm Jonathan in Beijing. And today we're, uh, I'm with a really good friend. We're going to talk to Rod Dr. Rodrigo Aranda, who is in Chile. Hi, Rodrigo. Hi, John. It's been a long time, yeah. Yeah, so Rodrigo and I, you know, we've known each other for a long time, I think since 2010, right? That was the first time you visited Dr. Wong's clinic. Was that it? Yeah, that was in 2010. Uh, March, I think. Yes, March, I remember that, yeah. 2010. So then ever since then, like from 2010 all the way till Dr. Wong's like passing, when he passed away, Rodrigo would come to China or to Beijing for quite a few, quite a, like, you know, every year, right, to study with Dr. Wong. So during that time, Rodrigo and I, you know, we developed a really good friendship. Um, it's been kind of broken yeah. up by the pandemic, but you know, um, yeah, we haven't seen each other for a long time. Rodrigo is kind of interesting because first he had as a had a, a study Western medicine, right, in in Santiago, and then he's later started studying Chinese medicine, and then he you started your own uh, Chinese medical school there, right, the Sambao School of Chinese Medicine. Is that the proper translation of your school in English? Yeah, studied medicine at the University of Chile. And uh, later, I, I moved on to Chinese medicine, and I I co-founded the Sampao School of uh, Classical Chinese Medicine in 2009, actually. Well, the main reason why I want to talk about uh, uh, today was because um, I think, you know, over the past three years, we haven't been able to see each other, but we, we chat uh, quite often, right? And one of the main topics is about yeah, yeah. Uh, COVID, I think, is one of the main things we tend to chat about. Um, so I remember like, um, just to preface everything, I think I remember like a few years ago, probably at the beginning of the pandemic, I'd written a, an article for the journal of Chinese medicine. And then the editor, Danny Maxwell, he, he did a short interview with me. I remember pretty clearly, like, he asked me, it's like about like, uh, my experiences treating COVID patients and things like that. But then I told him that I think during that video, it's like, well, we haven't seen like as TCM doctors, you know, working in like a small private clinic, like. We haven't seen any COVID patients just because of you know China's zero COVID um, protocol, right? Like we didn't see any patients for literally for um, three over three years suffering from COVID. So I didn't have any experience treating COVID patients this past you know during this pandemic. Um, I did have some patients you know who had uh, gone overseas and contracted COVID and they came back and they might only a couple of them had like um, some like lingering symptoms. Um, but you know, I think people who are, I guess, who are aware of what's happening in China recently is that you know, since December, things have changed quite quickly. So that now it went from uh, I would say having no patients with COVID to like I think the majority have had COVID already, and you know, who are recovering from COVID, and some have lingering symptoms. So I was just wondering about I wanted to talk to Rodrigo about his experience in the past few years uh, in treating COVID. What are the most common types of patients you see? Uh, who are suffering from COVID or recovering from COVID? At first, I had more similar experience because in 2020, we were, we shut down the, the school. I shut down my, my clinic for around six months. And then I started uh, slowly to see uh, to see patients again, I, probably from September 2020. And then I pro probably at the end of 2020, I started getting my first uh, um, COVID patients or post-COVID patients. And I've seen a lot of them this, um, last year. No, I mean, 2021 and 2022, I, I, I saw a lot of those. I think more in 2021. And I would say it was kind of different kind of patients the one I saw in 2021 than the ones I, I saw in 2022. The most common thing I've, uh, I've seen are patients that develop like a chronic fatigue syndrome. 
they basically have like like this snare, you know, like of like of air, like uh, and they get really tired when walking a few blocks or when they're they're going up the stairs. And I've seen a lot of patients of those patients that develop also anosmia. You know, they'll, mm-hmm. they can their their smelling sense is is uh, altered. Mm-hmm. That's one type of patient that I, that I've seen. Then I started getting a lot of patients that develop like something very similar to to readable bowel syndrome. They don't have any any kind of uh, uh, respiratory uh, problems, but they they start to develop symptoms that they never had before. I mean, they can go for pizza, or they can go for tuna salad, and or have a beer, or have a glass of water, and and. This is, they'll feel the same symptoms. I mean, they they get like uh, like a lot of abdominal distension, cramp, diarrhea, constipation, and this, like I said, it's very similar to to irritable bowel syndrome. And then the third kind of patient, the, those that get like some kind of peripheral no, neuropathy, sometimes it involves pain or just uh, paresthesia in, in mainly in the in the upper extremities. So based on like yeah. um, palpation, are you finding something like commonality between those patients, like in each category, or is there a difference between like if they have fatigue, is it very yeah, commonly the, related to the, a certain the, channel system? Yeah, I think the the the, the number patient category number one, like fatigue, and number two are are actually quite similar. Yeah. but their presentation is different. But actually the the I, I would say the root is still the same. I mean, there's a, either you have like a deficiency or counterflow in 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 tying in these cases. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that would be like the first uh, the 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 main issue in in those patients. Like for mm-hmm. instance, in, in fatigue, there's some patients that that their pulse is kind of more more on the excess side. Mm-hmm. Usually, they have like uh, chain nodules on on both tying channels. Uh, really painful around the also in the sometimes uh, between uh, like spleen nine, spleen eight. Okay. Yeah, swollen also in that in that part. In those cases, I would probably just use long uh, five spleen nine. Okay, interesting. Which is kind of um, I mean just to treat counterflow mm-hmm. and uh, one or two treatments would do it. Mm-hmm. And in some other patients, it would be. Um, similar changes, more more hypotonic. Yes, mm-hmm. so the, the channels would be more more like soft, and the pulse would be like deep, and yeah. weak. And then um, I would probably do like uh, two different approaches. Like first, uh, use Hussey points, same thing, and then use the Yuan source point. Yeah, like I'll do a couple of trims with um, long five spleen nine, and then change to. Uh, long nine and on spleen three. Yeah. Or, definitely. I mean, sometimes I would even do both at the same time. I mean, it's right, uh, right. It uh, also works. Small amounts of mox, as mox at at, uh, at spleen three. Also, that would work. Uh, I mean, if I don't want to mm-hmm. put too much, use too much needles, uh, maybe I would just mox uh, spleen three and needle uh, spleen nine, and. Uh, but that would work like, um, yeah, probably I, I was seeing that uh, this was 2021, probably like at least one or two patients a week that had like this kind of, uh, yeah, this kind of 
syndrome. Yeah, I would say in China, like the patients I've been seeing recently, they're, they're also like quite a few people with the fatigue. And I'm, yeah, I've been following a similar approach to like either if it's more like kind of like this, like kind of excess tying dampness, then yeah, I've been doing the same thing like lung 5 spleen 9. And also seeing, you know, a lot of like those tying channel changes, like a lot of like the bumpy kind of changes along their channels. Then also like yeah. like you're saying another that on the flip side, they're the people with more of that kind of tying deficiency signs. And then they'll have like that kind of emptiness around spleen three or like, or you're saying like softness in the, the tying channels, like kind of fatigue and things like that. So yeah, I've seen similar things and using like the source points have been uh, quite useful, like spleen three and like sometimes with spleen nine or spleen three with like um, stomach 36, maybe possibly like that. So yeah, it's interesting to see that we're finding the similar kind of patterns. Yeah, it's similar. I mean, yeah. and, this, and the principles work. I mean, yeah. We've been yeah. doing this for a while with different patients, but it, it works with the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, with with the post COVID presentation perfectly, yeah. I think. I was wondering, um, yeah. have you noticed too that like, because um, a lot of the patients I'm seeing now were like, I was treating them before they had COVID, right? And then, um, and then now I'm treating them like post COVID too. So like, but what I found like, I'm, I don't know if you noticed the same thing, but like for patients who had um, like pre COVID, for example, if I was regulating their tying channel system, like maybe they already had pre existing problems with that tying channel system with regulating dampness. Then after COVID, like even though during pre-COVID, like their symptoms were getting better, post-COVID, like it seemed to exacerbate like those those tying channel issues that they like had pre-existing. Um, so then, um, so then, like for example, they already had like spleen deficiency and then improved during the treatments. And post-COVID, the spleen deficiency returned and like with a vengeance, <laughs> and then they had like like, like spleen chi deficiency again. Yeah. So then, like it just it just followed pretty much a similar approach that I was using pre-COVID, but like and then then they get back back to a normal state of balance or harmony again. But I don't know if you've noticed the same thing. Yeah, like, yeah it's the same. It, it, it's like it goes for your weakest spot. That's what I yeah, yeah. say. That it goes for your... Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, those, the, there, there were um, few patients that I've never seen before, before they got okay. the COVID. So they were like first time consultation. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but uh, on the other hand, there were some of those that I've seen, I've treated often through the years. And uh, and and I mean in in at least in Santiago where I live, it's um, high in deficiency dampness. Yeah, it's kind of the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's kind of the thing because we eat too much bread and yeah, a lot of young food and sugar and things like yeah. that. It's really common in our in our society. So yeah, um, so I, I would say that yes, that's for sure. I mean, yeah, you're. You're tying. You can treat them; it gets better. But if they get COVID, it gets yeah. It comes back with a vengeance, uh, like you said. Yeah. It's, uh, How about uh, you said category two, the irritable bowel syndrome? Is it made, is still like the tying yumming kind of system, or do you find any other? Yeah, that's that's kind of, that's like um, yeah. Because uh, it's usually when 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 you have irritable bowel syndromes, like kind of uh, um, it's kind of most of the time. Well, it depends because there, there are different types. But what I most see is like uh, kind of Xuan Xiaoyang Yangming, kind mm -hmm. of that uh, that triangle, and some some that have like more kind of a Taiying Yangming kind of irritable bowel syndrome. Taiying Yangming Xuan that mm -hmm. that I would say. But in the post COVID, I, I would say it's most of them were Taiying Yangming kind okay. of uh, problems like uh, tie-in deficiency or, or counterflow with uh, 
with success and stagnation in, in Yangming, things like that. Okay. And most of the symptoms were Yangming, mm -hmm. and like uh, they would have like um, I don't know, like a lot of bloating, mm -hmm. uh, cramp, cramping, abdominal cramping, sometimes diarrhea, sometimes constipation. I mean, a lot of, of course, distension and and things like that, and some had even like uh, reflux and. What I found is in, in like through palpation, most patients had similar uh, changes at the in patient category one, like uh, tying changes. Yeah. But like um, some in like larger and superficial nodules on the like the near the healthy points of the of the um, of the stomach channel, the mm -hmm. on the on the lower healthy point of the. Mm -hmm of the last intestine and, and, and long intestine. Yeah. Like almost like, uh, like, um, like almost like a lump actually. Yeah. Even in most of the cases, I'm like a mix of uh, Tain and Yangming points. Like I would choose like this kind of thinking, you know, like, uh, I mean, when you have the, the lung, what, what, what is the lung doing? I mean, the lung is, is promoting um, the movement outward movement but, but also the descending movement yeah. mm -hmm. and the, and the lungs of course are, are connected to the to the to the large intestine and they mm -hmm. balance they make this uh, have this nice balance between the clearness and pureness of the of the lungs and mm -hmm. on all the turbidity of the waste uh, in the large intestine so what i what i, I did was like uh use use the the yuan source point of the lung and do the healthy points on the like stomach 36 and 37 mm -hmm. mainly or 36 and 39 37, okay. 37 and 39 like uh that's that what i would that's what i would do most of the, mm -hmm. the time and it's a really interesting approach when you have this patient that have had like uh, a really strong covid like it lasted like 10 days back in 2022 2021 i mean uh and then they start developing this uh, out of, like out of nowhere they start to develop this new kind of uh, um, something new for them. I mean, it's because mm -hmm. uh, none of these patients have ever uh, like uh, had irritable bowel syndrome. Oh, okay. But they yeah, but uh, some of them them had like uh, um, allergies or or asthma or. or some some things that more more relate to tying, but they didn't have mm -hmm. a, like uh, any problem going to the toilet or 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 I don't know or or any of the other symptoms that I just uh, told you about. Mm -hmm. I thought about it uh, actually after uh, um, a conversation I, I had with with Jason probably on the first year of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I was in one of the classes he was teaching. Uh, yeah, I yeah. don't know where. And uh, and he was talking about this 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 kind of uh, combinations. Yeah, okay. like, I haven't I've never thought about them before. Like okay. doing like source point with healthy points, but uh, right. combining internal and external related channels. And um, right, right. And I thought this was, was was going to be a really good time to try that. And the symptoms kind of match the the palpation matched, so the the, the symptom structure. So I and I think it was it worked beautiful on mm -hmm. on all of those. Yeah, I would say yeah, like yeah, I've seen that with patients too. With that that kind of like um, like if they have like that deficiency, like loose stools and things like uh, poor appetite, signs of like spleen deficiency, for example, like 
lack of energy, fatigue, but then, and then if they have those tiny yumming changes, then usually I've been using like spleen three paired with stomach 36 as a, a combination for that, that kind of issue. Yeah, that works. And it's really Wonderful. good. I think, yeah. I think that's like one that Dr. Ron like to use a lot though, like the spleen three stomach 36. And I think it's, it's pretty amazing. I think, yeah, it's pretty effective. And like what you were saying earlier, even adding some like moxibustion at uh, spleen three, I think helps to like strengthen the effects of that. Uh, warming the spleen, strengthening yeah. the spleen. Yeah, yeah the, the, the reason I, I, I thought about the, I mean, doing like this uh, above and below combination yeah. with, uh, because the kind of, like, I was like, okay, the, this, the origin of this was in the, in the lungs. One of them have, had even had like a pneumonia. Oh, okay. uh, related pneumonia. So I was, um, and, and, yeah, and he was relating, uh, Telling me that 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 they, he really felt like after like, the the guts didn't didn't uh, really stopped moving. Oh right, right. Like what I told you before, it didn't matter what you ate. Yeah, you get like really a lot of bloating and things like that. And uh, and the pulse was uh, and the lung pulse was really uh, weaker. Oh okay okay okay. Oh, so you mean like source point on the upper hand channel, and the hosting point on the lower. Uh, interior exterior channel. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's the that's the thing. It's uh, it's something that I that I mean after that 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 talk with Jason, I got it got yeah. into my ah, okay, okay. And, and Then I I found this. I think the perfect patients to try it with, and uh, and it worked. And I have to say that I tried it on myself also. <laughs> right. 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 Uh, because I um, I had COVID uh, in last May in twenty twenty two, yeah. And uh, you know you know my my I'm, I've had asthma since since my I'm since I'm twelve. So mm -hmm. um, of course uh, uh, I was a bit worried when I got it, but uh, I didn't develop that many respiratory problems. But after COVID, I also had this kind of problem. Mm -hmm. My my. And you've treated me before, so you know more right. what, I, what what uh, what happens to me sometimes. And uh, and I got this 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 uh, bloating sensation even out of drinking water. Like uh, oh wow, that's crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. So I started doing that like every every night. Mm -hmm. I started doing that every night, like doing the stomach thirty six and thirty seven, mm -hmm. like, like the Hussey points, and doing mm -hmm. like a real mild stimulation on long nine. Mm -hmm. And I did like I did that like for every day for like like a week and yeah and that was it. It worked. And then, have you been seeing people with actual respiratory issues post COVID? Because like in Beijing, I guess the issue is that we've like since what was it since early December till now that's when we've started to see you know patients with post COVID symptoms. So a lot of the patients they still have I would say all of them, but a large portion of the patients will have a lot of respiratory issues in the sense that like the like the cough like kind of this kind of like covid like kind yeah. of cough so i think yeah. i i would say a majority of the patients will come in with like a residual kind of dry cough or some of this cough of yeah. phlegm that's another thing i've been seeing yeah. recently yeah 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 that, that would be the fourth the, category the fourth category of the okay. cough i forgot about that i've seen mm -hmm. yeah a lot of patients with chronic cough and mm -hmm. yeah actually yesterday i was speaking with a friend and he yeah he's had cough for the last uh, I don't know, two months oh, wow. after he got COVID. Uh, treating cough is always kind of, uh, uh, it, it depends, you know, it always mm -hmm. depends because uh, yeah. 
Yeah, it could be Yang Ming related. It could be I don't know. It could be Taiyin related and Shaoyin. Um, yeah, yeah Shaoyin even yes, yeah. like especially like, like food Shaoyin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I've had like uh, different cases like uh, with cough. Some of them I I found that pure uh, Han Taiyin issue, no other chance related uh, sometimes it depends of course on I, I usually what i do of course after i palpate I, I do a lot of like pressing the points maybe yeah. plucking them a bit yeah. and see what happens while i do that to the right stroke. right right it gets better so my my best uh, like i would say my favorite pair would be uh, not necessarily used as a pair but my yeah. favorite pair of points uh, would be like long seven and long six probably. That, okay. Uh, and for showing re related, I usually do like long seven with kidney six a lot. Right, right, right. Kidney six kind of relaxes this area also. Yeah, the really, throat. Yeah. And of course, also like uh, sometimes uh, for more more like uh, whole tie-in channel problems, uh, long five and long five and spring nine also work uh, work mm -hmm. a lot when you, we have the, the like. Uh, the whole channel system is is, is crazy. It's uh, mm -hmm. yeah, but that um, that's mainly I, that's what I, I'm thinking. It's what I've done mostly. Usually simple things, so not not mm -hmm. uh, not really crazy stuff for for treating uh, these COVID issues. Uh, yeah, I've seen. Yeah, I think I've so seen this. Yeah, I think I've seen a similar pattern too. Like a lot of long channel issues, like. Some people have like that kind of indeficiency kind of issues and then like using like, yeah, like just like lung five or lung seven, or if it's like indeficiency also rooted in that kind of canine, then also doing like the kind of lung kidney channel pairing, similar to what you're doing, mm -hmm. I think. But also like I've found that, um, and I guess, you know, sometimes if like that heat in the upper jaw, like if it's including like the pericardium kind of area. So sometimes I do like, like Dr. Wan's combination, like lung five PC seven, that, I find that really good if they have like, uh, also, oh, like yes. cough, like yeah. pressure in the chest, or like maybe some uh, mucus with like kind of yellow, kind of viscous, kind of uh, phlegm. So sometimes I do that. I find that has been good for those patients. But there's one other point that I thought was really good for. Not every patient has this, but like for some patients with that kind of the cough, lingering cough, maybe a dryness in the throat, or uh, and then maybe they have like that. Also, they might feel like what you're saying, like that kind of tension in the throat too. Like like there's like spasms in the like the respiratory tract. What I was really cool is just palping that uh, left bladder seven area. You know, Dr. One's yeah. like that that point left bladder seven. So what I've been doing, not every, like I palpated a lot of the patients just to see what they have. And uh, I would say not every patient has a change there, but quite a few patients have had that and they have that like the cough, right? Usually what I felt like people have like a softness, like a thickening there or a nodule there or like, uh, anyway, or hypersensitivity there, but just needling that just uh, similar to the way we needle do 21. Um, and just like doing the wrapping needling technique after inserting the needle, mm -hmm. immediately, immediately the patient will feel, they can feel like the, the throat relaxing. And then, so I've been uh, using that for some, some of these patients and it's been effective. If, but the most important thing is that they have to have a change at bladder seven, left bladder seven. And usually it's interesting because you can compare it to the right one. You compare it to the right mm -hmm. side and they have nothing. But on the left side, they'll have something there. It's pretty cool. Like, even though we generally use well, like bladder seven to treat like nasal issues, right? But but Dr. Ron discovered that this point is good for a cough, a resting cough, like stopping cough. Um, yeah, so I was that. thinking with uh, also also for for to use that for patients with uh, with anosmia. Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. would be interesting also. Yes, yeah, yes, I'll, yes. I'll, I'll try that out. 
it's cool. Like if you feel just see, I don't think it's everyone has it, but like some people you'll feel like something there. And it's, it's like very significant change too. It's like you'll feel like like a little hill, <laughs> like a mount, a buildup of something. Mm -hmm. in that yeah, area. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. No way you mean. Uh, I'm gonna try that for sure. Because I did that myself too. Because I think in the last, like the last phase of when I got COVID, like our my entire family, we all got COVID. So like the, uh, that set me up. I think that's why I haven't we haven't done a podcast for a while because it put me out for about two weeks. Um, but then, um, <laughs> so I had this like uh, I remember I had a residual kind of dry cough, and I just I was lying down in bed, and I was just like massaging that left bladder seven area, and then you, I could immediately feel like that throat relax. And then you know I've been using it on a, quite a few patients recently too, and it seems to be helpful. In addition to, you know, I'll do distal points, like, you know, like the points we we're matching earlier. Did you get any other symptoms besides the, the, the lingering cough after the COVID or um, no fatigue, nothing? I think like, like my, it seemed like in general, majority of people like that, that were here who got the, got COVID, like just like that first week or two is where a lot of people had fatigue. They had, a lot of people had, not everyone, but a lot of people had a cough that especially, you know, later on it was became more like the last few days was more like a kind of a dry cough. Um, mm -hmm. I gave myself Chinese herbs too. So I was taking some like, uh, herbs to turn tofane, like lung in and kind of resting cough also like transforming phlegm. So I think that helped a lot. Like, yeah. I think my wife and I recovered a bit faster that way. And then for some of my friends or some of the patients I gave some of those herbs too, I think that helped. Now I was giving myself acupuncture. So maybe that might've helped. I don't know. But I, I think the main thing was like the fatigue and I just slept a lot. And then, uh, and then I remember that one day I just drank a cup of coffee and then I was like super energized for like the rest of the day. So like, and then the fatigue went away. I don't know if that was the best way to do it, but. Okay. Um, All you needed was your coffee then. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I, I also yeah. took herbs also. I also mm -hmm. took herbs with COVID and after COVID. I mean, when I was also took herbs, that helps a lot. In Santiago, this will have one one doctor that does Chinese herbs and usually that's he does where I get my herbs from and okay herbs and uh, most of the people I know get the herbs from from him also okay so uh, thanks for really I, I, th I have to cut this off because my my laptop's about to run out of batteries so I'm afraid that we're gonna get uh, okay. cut off so I think we should do this again no, um it was really good chatting um it's good catching up and hearing yeah. about what the kind of patients you're 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 seeing there it's, it's a good really good uh summary of i guess the different types of uh COVID patients uh that you can see and uh the treatment approach and everything so thanks rodrigo and uh no thank you man let's do this again sure yeah hopefully we'll see you, uh, see you in... september or august this year yeah yeah for sure Possibly. i mean I'll, this year you'll i'll be in beijing at some point Yes, I think my liver has had a, a nice rest for the past three years. So. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs>